Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com, on Facebook at Faith Peshtigo Church, and also on YouTube. Today's conversation is a follow-up from the sermon from March 29th out of Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 47. Welcome, everyone, to the Faith Church podcast. This is episode three of three. three episodes. Wait, not three of three. We're going to keep doing these. So it's Yes, three. I hope so. All right. So this is the uh, – so if you've noticed, we've got a two-podcast-a-week rhythm going. Um, is it a rhythm after just one full week? I don't think so. Right right now, it's a hope and a dream. Okay. And after a few weeks of this, then it's officially a rhythm. Okay. Also, should we introduce ourselves? That may be a good idea. We skipped right over that part. Yeah. So I'm Jay. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. And joining me is Robbie. Hello, everybody. Another one of the pastors at Faith. And so, yeah, we, uh, so yeah, we're, this is our second week doing this rhythm and, uh, that we hope will become a rhythm. But the first podcast is meant to be kind of a recap of the sermon and any theological questions that we get or questions we get from the church family. And then the second podcast during the week is more about, uh, just practical ministry helps from our people. So we'll be interviewing someone from our church and just having a conversation of what does day-to-day life and ministry look like, um, not just now, during this uh, crazy season, but then in the future, as we continue on, hopefully it'll just uh, it'll continue to be relevant as we just talk about what does it look like to be following Jesus on a day to day basis. So that is what we're doing here. Sounds like a good plan to me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's been great so far. We've gotten really good feedback. We would encourage you, if you don't mind rating it on uh, iTunes, uh, that just helps it become more visible for our people. So you can leave a review, uh, however you feel about, it. especially if it's nice. We like, nice especially reviews. if it's nice. Yes. Cause as it, as it turns out, there is more than one faith church in existence. And so it can be confusing when 11 of them pop up. And so a few stars next to our name helps ours be easier to spot. Yeah. It's been crazy on YouTube and on the podcast. How many faith church, you, if you search faith church, you're not going to, you're not going to find it. No, so, you're a goner. Faith Church Podcast or Peshtigo is probably a good search. So anyway, so this is let's jump in. I want to talk about the sermon from this weekend. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was really really strong as Robbie preached. And so if you didn't know, Robbie preached last weekend. So if you think that's awfully arrogant of me to say how strong I thought my sermon was, <laughs> realizing that maybe you're, you're tuning in and you didn't know that. So Robbie preached this weekend, and it, it was, was in really fact strong. very encouraging. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so. Uh, as we've been trying to do, we want to give people kind of a, a look behind the curtain of what does that week of preparation look like leading up to that sermon and what kind of led to you sharing the things that you shared uh, this weekend. So I, I'm just curious, in your preparation this week uh, or this past week, what really stood out to you? What was personally convicting or what was enlightening to you or what was just kind of awe-inspiring to you? What, what did God do to you in this, this time of preparation? I think what was m- most exciting uh was God just revealing in the way that he he so often does how relevant his word is and um we've had the schedule out for several months now and so I knew what I was going to be preaching um for a while and I've been I've been in that passage and prayed through that and 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 had a a pretty well outlined idea of where I thought I would be going with that and then over the course of the last week and <clears throat> with all of the changes that have been going on. Um, I was just astounded by 
how relevant this passage was to our current situation. And I just, there's no way you could anticipate that. Months ago when we're planning this out, this obviously was not on the radar. And I was just, I was blown away by how how this idea of the tur- curtain being torn is is so relevant to where we find ourselves. <clears throat> and I just was, I was so encouraged by that, encouraged by God's timing and all of this. And, um, and as a result, uh, I mean, probably half the message ended up on the cutting room floor because I had different illustrations and different things that I was planning on focusing on. But then, uh, but then this just seemed so, so right to be able to be an encouragement, um, both to myself and and hopefully to our people of of where the spirit is and and how we are worshiping him and um but also the other side of the coin of how important it is for us to to be able to continue to gather together and how glorious it will be when we can do that again yeah i think i think you did a fantastic job i loved how you framed it that it was both okay and not okay and it it kind of gave us a way to think about this time right now and the technology tools that we're using um, because anybody that knows us knows that we both love te- technology and hate technology. Right. It's, a, it's a poor substitute for uh, personal interaction. But I think you did a great job of demonstrating um, why, like, why there's space to be grateful for these tools that we have now when we're not able to be physically together, and and yet how they are a a poor substitute ultimately uh, for for when for actual face to face interaction and. Hmm. And so I think, I think that was super encouraging. I mean, you said it, you kind of shifted gears a little bit. It was, it was amazing that this has been on the calendar for a long time that you were going to be preaching on this passage. And so before we knew about any of the, the, before we knew we were going to be gathering virtually. So I'm curious, uh, what, was there anything in particular that you felt got left on the cutting room floor that was originally in your plans and your thoughts but because of the circumstances, you just decided to to leave it. Well, I was certainly, as I mentioned, the, the the four details that really stood out to me. I was hoping to be able to originally expand on those a little bit more, spend a little more time in each one of those, um, and but ultimately still landing on the curtain, just because that's so extraordinary. It's, it's such a short verse in there. <clears throat> but what happens there is just so extraordinary. Um, I just would have otherwise, under normal circumstances, focused a little more on uh, what what does that mean that the Holy Spirit of the living God of the universe dwells within us, um, right? It, so we were we focused more on w- w- how it relates to us specifically in the circumstance, but there is just so much more uh, that we could e- expand on and, and what that means in terms of the, the same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead dwelling in us, that's a pretty big deal. And, uh, and, and that, that affects us in some pretty significant ways. And so, um, in, in the hour and a half version of that message, we would have gone a lot more into what, what exactly does that look like day in and day out? We should, we should really set as like bonus content. We should have like, we go ahead and preach the hour and a half version, but we cut it off on at 30 minutes and then... <laughs> For those of you who are in for yeah. the long haul, yeah, Let's see how going. many people stick in there. It'd be like five people. You start <laughs> seeing how they drop off, like as they as they go. Um, I always feel that I, there are definitely there are definitely times where I've listened to messages where I wish that they would just keep going, um, and then there are other times where I wish that they wouldn't. And 
I know that that is a foreign feeling to all the people in our church family. Certainly nobody is thinking that. Certainly nobody has Here. ever no. thought that, uh, that, that I would stop. Um, that is irony. Is that what we call that, Robbie? We call that, that irony, correct. Irony, mm-hmm. yes. Robbie helps me learn how to identify my parts of speech. I just, I just <laughs> talk, and then he's like, oh, that, that's irony. Oh, that's helpful. Um, all right, so a couple other questions that came in from people that I'll just kind of throw out there. A couple of them relate to the sermon specifically, and then one to Mark generically, and then one to the church generically. So uh, uh, thank you for the questions, by the way. We are so excited that you guys are responding to that and actually taking that seriously. And, and so we are excited to take that seriously and actually answer them. Yeah, right now is a great time to get questions in because as as people kind of warm up to that idea, eventually I could see there being a time where we have just too many questions to answer. But um, but it's helpful to know what people are thinking. It's one of the unique things that we can do and hopefully carry on because we know we would prefer a dialogue. We would prefer to be able to just sit down over coffee and talk about these things. Uh, but it doesn't work when you've got a few hundred people gathered in a room. So we need to... Um, we need to get creative, but this is one of the ways that we can still make sure that we're answering kind of unanswered questions. Well, the first question we had came from, you used that passage from Hebrews 10, a beautiful passage about gathering together. And um, one of the questions that came up was, could the day, the day that it's referring to in Hebrews 10, not only mean the day of Christ's return, but also the next day that the family meets together? And I think the intention behind this question was um, the, the whole idea of encouraging one another um, when they say like encouraging one another all the more, is, could that just be referring to encourage one another all the more as the day approaches, as the next time you get together approaches, or does it necessarily mean the day of Christ's return? I I thought this was such a great question. I love I love um, thinking about a passage long enough to actually come up with some questions. I think that's really important to not just. Um, just read it and move right on, but to actually linger on it a little bit and, and say, well, what, what, what else could this possibly be pointing to? So I love the question. Um, I, I, I agree that with the sentiment, but not necessarily that that is what's being communicated in this particular phrase. Uh, I think the, the day I think, um, is, is a phrase that scripture uses specifically to mean, uh, the, the moment of Christ's return. Um, uh, however, that does not mean that we should not be encouraging one another until the next opportunity that we have to gather. And particularly in our, in our context, we could certainly um, use that reminder of to continue to, to encourage each other until we have that opportunity. Um, I thought it was great when we ran by this question in our morning meeting uh, with Jeff Clossy, he had, I thought, an excellent point of reminding us that uh, they were in a time when this was written where the only way to encourage each other was when you were gathered, right? Because there is no Facebook. There are no phones. There are, that's the only way you can actually encourage someone is to be gathered with them. So, um, so in one sense, it can't mean that we would we would encourage them until we gather because that's the only way you can communicate with somebody in first century Middle East. Um, but again, that doesn't mean that the sentiment is wrong. We should, in fact, absolutely be encouraging one another day to day. In fact, Hebrews chapter three says we should in- encourage and exhort one another as long as it is called today, which is, I think, such a great play on words of just ask yourself, is it today? Today? Yes. OK, well, then you should be encouraging and exhorting one another. 
Yeah, I think the the sentiment of the increasing desire to build one another up, encourage one another, desire to be together, that that should just be increasing all the more day to day, Absolutely. every day, as because the day is approaching, and and I think that's also a, a word about our sanctification and what should be happening in our hearts that that we are uh, desiring more and more and more to be together and to encourage one another. So that's great. Um, second, uh, second question we got is I think uh, just in, in light of the crucifixion in general, as we're thinking about that and spending this time, uh, as we approach Easter talking so much about the crucifixion, uh, and the resurrection and the plan for atonement and our redemption is just the very simple, but also very profound question of why did God wait so long to send Jesus? So you want to take a stab at, at that one? Like why, and, and I love, again, this is another, it's, a, it's just a great question in that it's a question worthy of being asked. We have thousands of years of history, millennia of history in scripture, all pointing. And we talk about all the time how it's pointing to Jesus. So why did it take so long? It's such a good question. And, and as, as soon as I saw that question pop up in the, uh, in the chat feed, <clears throat> I, uh, it, I, I, I just loved uh, I love the thought behind it. I love the um, the sincerity of this is this is clearly such a good thing. Why would it take so long? And the first thing that popped into my head was Galatians four, where where Paul tells the Galatians that it was in the when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth uh, His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Um, and then even goes on to say, so that we might receive the spirit of adoption as sons and, and call him father, call him Abba. Um, and that, that word, it's just such a loaded word, right? That word in the fullness of time had come when time had reached the, the perfect moment, all of the details that needed to be in place. Um, so it's, it's a little tricky because we'd say, well, what, why would God need to wait? But, but what scripture says is, things he he was waiting for the perfect time when every detail everything was aligned such that uh now is the the perfect time and and there's all kinds of speculation of of like what needed to be and there's some really interesting stuff in my opinion about the greek language and 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 how that's able to communicate information in a way and 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 the roman empire and the way that it had spread and continued to spread like there's a lot of unique things about that time um, but so much bigger than that is just in like God for all my literary nerds out there, like a wizard, uh, like Gandalf shows up precisely when he means to, right? So it is, it is when everything was perfect, according to his absolute perfect design at this moment in history, he, he unleashes the gospel. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so so it's such a straightforward and simple yet profound question. So I like the fact that we have a simple yet profound answer because it was the time that God chose and God's God's plans are are perfect. And when you think about how God is shaping all of this and, and telling this story and creating all of this, building towards this end where we will enjoy him increasingly forever, um, and when we get to that place, we will realize the timing of all of this. I mean, I think all of us have those moments in our lives where we say, um, yeah, if this would have happened at a different time, it wouldn't have meant as much. I think like, we're hearing stories right now from people who have come to faith recently and saying, if I would have been faced with this last year, this this wouldn't have meant as much. This is 
th- it's this timing. And I think that the personal nature of that comes through in Romans 5, where in, in verse 6 it says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And we will never fully understand that because we're not the ones telling the story. We're not the architects behind that. Right. But God is, and we know that he is doing it all for to um, for the ultimate goal of displaying his glory in the fullest sense and us us experiencing the fullness of joy. Right. Um, and, and so we all know in our lives that timing, there's so many things in our lives where we would say the timing has mattered so much. Um, and and so we can trust God in that his timing is perfect, and it is both for our good and for His glory. I love the way you said that. I never, I, I don't know that I've ever necessarily thought of it in in those terms of just as simply because any other time would have been the wrong time. Yeah. Right. Because because to do it a year later, to do it a thousand years earlier, to do any other time would have been the wrong time, and and God does not make clerical errors, right? He doesn't, right. he does he does not, he didn't go, oh, nuts, I, I mismanaged my time on that one. Like his, his timing is absolutely perfect. And I think, and, and for us, this is, this is kind of lead into next week's sermon. Um, that doesn't take away from the fact that for us, it's hard to understand that timing. And right. It's hard for us to wait. And actually next week's sermon, it's again, and there's another one of these God's providential moments Long ago, we planned this series yeah. out and planned that next week, the week before Easter, we were, we were for the first time I was going to preach about that Saturday in between the the waiting. I'd never done that before. I was looking forward to doing that. And so I, I wanted to spend a sermon on what does it look like to wait on that day in between where Jesus has died and day before he resurrects. What does that look like and, and how does that pertain to us? And so now even more with this waiting for the restrictions to be lifted and all of that, I, I just feel like it's just even more poignant in this moment um, to, to cover that. So so we'll be talking about that um, on Sunday. Um, and another one that came in that was just as we were going through Mark, and, and as people know in our church, we tend to, we love to preach through books of the Bible. And, you know, even though we can't always cover every single verse and every single phrase, we make it a point to not skip over anything just because it's challenging or confusing or anything like that. We typically meet those things head on for better or worse. Uh, we want to demonstrate that. But one of the things that we did actually pass over, someone asked that question of why. This is uh, such why, a great question. It is. I was so, very excited about this question. Yeah, because yeah, Robbie actually had mentioned this before. But in Mark 14, 51 and 52, there is mention a strange mentioning of a, a man who flees the Garden of Gethsemane naked. And there's just like this interesting um, here. Let me let me find it. And I can read it um, specifically, uh, so we don't we're not like left. As you're looking for that, I, I should mention I made a specific point in our brainstorming session that Jay should go should explain at length what is yeah. happening in this verse, and I was rebuffed. Yes, I I, I politely declined that invitation. Um, As it turns out, it wasn't really relevant in the context of your message. It's fair. It was a good Uh, choice. So, so the verses 51 and 52 are, and a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. So the question is, who is that man? What is he doing in the garden? And, and why is he running away naked? (laughs) I think the general, I think the general question of most people when they read through that passage is, "What on earth? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a fine point on that. Yeah, what on earth? Why is it there? And you know, one of the things I thought about, like it's it's included. It's similar to the whole timing of when Jesus came, included because God wants it there. But why? Why did Mark include that? And I think part of what we need to remember is that these are accounts of the life of Jesus. So there are a lot of details in the Gospels that you wonder that don't seem to ever connect as if you were writing a novel. Um, if you're writing a novel, you you put some little Easter egg early in the story, and then later there's a reason. Like it's very rare in a novel, a well-written novel. You wouldn't expect to find random mentionings of characters and people like that that, that never come back into play. Um, but when you're doing a historical account, when the, the gospel writers are just writing down this is what happened, um, then sometimes things like this get thrown in there. And, and we aren't – like we don't 100% know – um, who he is or what he's doing there or anything like that. But it is just Mark's account of, um, of, of it being there. I think it, it says something about the urgency of the situation and kind of the chaos of the moment. Um, but Robbie, you had some thoughts on, on just why it's interesting that it's in there. I find it interesting. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I find it interesting that the guy is there and, and certainly we are well within the, uh, the realm of speculation here. So, um, but I, it, it describes that he's there essentially in his pajamas, you could, you could argue. And so I just wonder, is, is this a guy who, who is so curious about Jesus, who's so interested in, in this person of Jesus that, that he's sneaking out in the middle of the night. You know, I imagine maybe he sees Jesus and the disciples walk past and he, he kind of sneaks out and follows to see what they're up to. And so you get this sense of curiosity, but then, um, but then when, when things get real, right, when the Romans appear and, and the, uh, and things start getting messy, um, then, then he is quick to flee and he's, he's actually willing to go to, to pretty extreme and humiliating lengths to escape the scene, to get away from, from Jesus and, and all that it could potentially cost him. Um, so I, I just think, I think it's, that's an interesting, uh, little aside to process, um, you know, the idea of being curious about Jesus, but, but then when it gets real, when it's really going to cost something, how quick am I to flee and what lengths am I willing to go to get away from that? Yeah, and of course my mind when we talked about this, my mind went to what kind of passive-aggressive thing was Mark doing Well, through Peter. So Peter you know, is a big source for the Gospel of Mark, and so maybe these, I mean, the source. And I, I just wonder... Was he was he hiding something like was it was it one of his buddies that he just kind of outed in that and said, hey, make sure you include this. He ran away naked. I don't know. That's where my mind goes. We're, yeah. As we said, we're in the in the realm of speculation at this point because we get precious few details about this bizarre scenario. I just think it's telling, though, that when we are in the realm of speculation, Robbie, you go very philosophical and, and theological on it. And I just go straight gag. Like it's a bit that somebody <laughs> so, put in there, just slid it in there. Some disciples um, trying to give another apostle a zinger. Yeah. Just like, yeah. So, yep. I included it. I didn't mention your name though. It's cool. Um, sorry. That was, yeah, not, not helpful at all, but you know, it's just, these are the things that run through my mind. That's what happens when there's no filter on me. Uh, 
So the last question actually doesn't have anything to do with either of these. Uh, it's more about the um, the nature of our Sunday morning worship right now. And right. Um, we've had some several conversations with people. And so the question has come up of why, um, why do we make the decision to record the service uh, on previous or prior to Sunday morning and then stream the recording of that on Sunday morning? And it's a good question. And I think uh, the thing about it, we, when, when this all happened and we had to decide, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to gather our people together to worship? And what is that going to look like? Um, you know, I've said to our staff that there's no manual for this. Like we're all, we're just, we're doing the best we can trying to figure out the best things. And, um, and so that's the first thing that we know is that there's no perfect solution. There's no obvious slam dunk. Um, a lot of churches have decided different things. And so everybody's just trying to figure out what, what's the best thing we can do in the situation. And so to that end, we had to identify what's our number one priority and our number one priority for the weekend gathering was that our people were actually worshiping together, that they were, it was a shared experience at the same time. And so that's why we didn't just record it and post it online for people to just download whenever we wanted there to be a real sense in a real way that when you are singing in your living room, you are singing with your brothers and sisters, um, that you could be, you could text a brother or sister, um, and knowing that they are singing the same song that they're, that they're listening to the sermon at the same time. When it, when the service is over, you could call one of your brothers or sisters in the church family and talk about the service and talk about what God is doing in them. And that there was this shared experience. So that was our number one, um, priority, Which, by the way, I think has been an awesome blessing in seeing, as some people have shared, like, videos of themselves experiencing the service, to see, like, the screen in the background, to see, like, Joe and Esther singing, and then their kids in the foreground singing along. Like, I think, I think people have been actually experiencing that, that sense of togetherness, and uh, that's been really encouraging to see. Yeah. So, so that's a, that was like our big priority. And so then we thought, okay, what's the best way to do that? And honestly, you know, we, we thought about streaming a one live service on Sunday morning. Cause I just, I made the decision early on, we're not going to stream two live services. Um, uh, that seemed unnecessary to do to our, uh, to our staff right now with, with how many other new responsibilities are being added. Uh, but we wanted to keep things as normal as possible for people. So we thought if we can keep people in the rhythm of 8:45 and 10:30, then that will be, that will bring a sense of comfort. Also, we know that there will be new people who are joining. We've already had new people joining our online streams that have never come to our church. Yes. That then if they come, once this is all over, our hope is that they would come and join us in person. And that just makes that transition that much easier that it's at the, the same, um, at the same times. But on top of that was, the uh, streaming is a is a technical marvel, and it is uh, it's not an easy thing. Like you think about, like on on an iPhone, sure, I could stream Facebook Live or whatever, but that's not multiple inputs of you know speaker audio and and musicians right. and all that, right. all trying to create it for a, a an, an experience for people to actually be able to engage in it, It'd be a distraction free. Uh, experience. And if you don't know, that's always a philosophy of ours on Sunday morning. We just don't want things to be a distraction. So we want to do things well enough so that they don't um, inhibit people worshiping, but we don't want to do them in such a way that it pulls away from the idea of, of worshiping. And so um, absolutely, that was kind of the desire of that. And, and they're just our technical limitations like gear and 
uh, things. It's just it's it's a whole different world to live stream a service. Not to mention the fact that you know, Robbie, you had mentioned actually watching a live stream um, where it cut out and then it delayed like another 15 minutes. And then when they finally did pick back up, it was in the middle of the sermon. Um, and so those were just things that we were just thinking, man, if we can avoid that, let's let's try avoiding that for right now. Um, yeah. And then I, I would say the final reason that we did that was just the safety of the people involved. Like we have we have yeah. uh, musicians coming in. When you do live stream, you've got to have a lot more people in the tech booth. So we started had to really consider at what point are we asking too much of our volunteers to be in, say, like back in the tech booth. You probably need at least we need three or four people back there to pull off a live stream at least. And they're now they're in this enclosed space. They're not able to be, you know, the distancing. And so, you know, whether whatever you feel about that, that is what we're being asked to do. And, and now we're asking that of volunteers and staff. Um, and, and so that just increasingly felt like a, like maybe that's not something we're supposed to, to be doing. There are ways we could work around that. But again, we made the choice that um, we were already handling all these other things. So we were wanting to do the YouTube, the daily vlog, the daily emails, the podcasts. We decided to put our energy into trying to keep us connected throughout the week yeah. uh, rather than yeah. all of it building towards this live stream on Sunday that we have to make sure is is a hundred percent pulled off in that moment. It so. is tricky. It is it is quite the technological endeavor. And for a lot of churches, they were just set up uh, to do this well already. They for for much larger churches, a lot of them live stream every service, and so they have the technology, the infrastructure, the staff. They're they're all set up to do that. But for many churches our size and certainly smaller, it's been literally. We have three days to figure out how to do this thing. Okay, now we have a few more days. And so um, and so it's just we, we were not set up to do something like that. So I have been beyond impressed uh, with, with Jeff Bauer in particular and just how amazing he has been in the last couple of weeks of being able to pull together the, the technology required to do even what we're doing right now. Um, I don't. I mean, if it was just you and I scrambling around to try to figure this out, we would, this would, this would not quite work as well as it has. Yeah, well, and that's a really great point. So Jeff is a very good specific example. So in the last couple of weeks, Jeff Bauer has set up all the staff members to be able to work remotely, including being able to call into the voicemail, call out through our church number from home, um, have online staff meetings, setting anybody up in the church with being able to do that, helping people through those tech issues. He set up, you know, Max Katzbeck, you know, who is down in Appleton serving, he was our former intern. Jeff set up a system for Max to be able to, um, you know, pull off the recording of their services. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and he, also on top of that, he's then handling all the uploading of these videos and monitoring all of that. So Jeff has, his workload has significantly increased and he has done it with joy. And the thought of then throwing on top of all of that to say, okay, now you have to monitor this live stream upload and make sure that there are no hiccups at all while it's being produced perfectly so that it's not a distraction for people to worship. Um, felt like that might put him over the edge. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, I don't <laughs> want, we want, Jeff, we want, we want Jeff to survive this, right. whether he gets COVID or not. Right. And we went and, and so we're thinking long term that, OK, well, when this is all said and done, we don't envision ourselves being a live streaming church, like an online 
church or anything like that. Like we are a physically gathering together church family. And so uh, we're just trying to get through this part and and do it in such a way that in, it helps our people worship together. So I appreciate that. Um, and I know we've received a lot of encouragement from people. And, and so we are grateful. It is a joy to serve the church family in this way and to figure out these things. Um, and we've just heard a lot of a lot of neat things uh, coming from it. And so um, I do want to remind you that uh, as we kind of wrap this episode up, just remind you of the different things that are going on. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel to get the daily vlogs that started yesterday. Um, they're just two, two to three minute videos, just sharing some thoughts from scripture from the different, uh, from our staff. Uh, we've got the daily email. It's been running up and running. And uh, so you want to make sure you're on our email list. And of course our podcast, which you're listening to right now. So it is um, maybe safe to assume that you, have been able to find those, but you can subscribe on iTunes or through Google or, or whatever makes sense uh, for you. And speaking of people who have made great technological feats of advancement for us, Christoph is currently producing the very podcast that you are listening to right now and has, uh, has done really a spectacular job of equipping the staff to be able to connect in this way, even if we can't all be in the same office to be able to um, connect and record this. So uh, thanks to Christoph as well, and 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 all the work that he's been doing behind the scenes. Yeah, and it, we. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah. So I, that's just a good lead-in for just knowing that all the staff. It's funny that if you would have asked us before if we weren't gathering every week and all these things ended, you know, would what would our workload? What would happen to our workload? Well, it's it it has increased, but man, the the. Um, I would say the morale of, of the team is really high. People have really jumped in and tackled these things. So Christoph has used all of his production skills from the past and, and pulled this off uh, to make these uh, usable. Jeff has done all the things that we talked about. Jeff Clossy has been working hard organizing all of these systems so that we are, are able to pull these things off. Uh, Leslie has taken on new responsibilities. Donna is producing... Um, you know, the, the family devotional and she's writing a lot more and recording the vlogs and connecting with her teams and figuring out how to equip parents to disciple their kids. And, um, and then you have red who's cleaning the building and, and needing everything changing about his day-to-day responsibilities. And, uh, he just popped in, uh, and, and just was in super high spirits. So I just, Hmm. I, I'm just so thankful for this team and thankful for the church and how you've, uh, supported us as a team and as we uh, um, just continue to try to serve you in this. Well, and we want to hear from you too. So please keep the questions coming in. We love getting them. We love getting a chance to answer them. Hopefully you feel like your answer was, or your question was, was handled well. Um, and if so, keep them coming. And we want to hear stories of, uh, you know, certainly your, uh, your daily rhythms have changed as well. We want to hear uh, what what are you doing to connect with one another? We've we've been so encouraged to hear some of those already, and uh, the in the second podcast of the week, we want to be able to share a lot of those stories. So be sure to email. You can email to connect at uh, faithpestigo dot com uh, or text us. Whatever, just share share your stories. We want we want to hear them. Yeah. So. That pretty much does it for this episode. We do want to, one other plug. I want, if you have any needs in this time or you know of people that have needs, make sure you're watching out for your neighbors and um, 
and then let us know if there's things that we can do to help. We've had people notify us of a few things and we we would love to facilitate that and connect people so that so people are getting their their needs met and covered. I actually heard uh, this was a random thing. We're going to throw this out here. Lauren was just reading a story about somebody where they had an elderly neighbor and they just asked their elderly neighbor, they have a system set up with them that they put a green piece of paper in the window to say that they're okay. Uh, a yellow piece of paper in the window means I, I need a supply or I just, I could use something from the grocery store or something like that. And then red means I'm not okay. I need, I need help. That is a genius idea. It's such a genius idea. So if I just throw that out there, if you can use that or implement that in any way, um, or let us know how we can help you. So, uh, so that is it. That'll wrap up our third episode. Good job, Robbie. Hey, thanks. I tried my best. Well done, Jay. You <laughs> did. That's what I was fishing for. I was hoping you'd reciprocate that. So you're right. You did. I do got your back. Um, and uh, thanks again to Christoph for producing this and, and to the whole team. Uh, and thank you for taking time to listen. And we look forward to uh, having you back and listening to our next podcast, which will be released uh, on Friday. I believe we're going to do a Tuesday, Friday rhythm. So make sure you are looking out for that one. Love you, family. And we'll talk to you soon. 